Hello. Welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to watch the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am one of your co-hosts, Carlos Cooper, with me as always. Joe Hilliard. And Dave Gurney. And we're very like mild yes. and relaxed in PR as we come tonight. Into this and it's very NPR tonight. Welcome to the soothing <laughs> well, sounds. I, think, I don't think we have anything uh, exciting to talk about. Are we trying to, to pick about? up we more do. ASMR uh, listeners? The tone is correct. Yes, we are. Uh, uh, we do have some things to talk about. The BenMag.com vote for us for locals list. If you haven't done that already, we know that you're we're number one in your hearts, but we want to put it on paper. Uh, so again, the BenMag.com, that's our like local area, Coastal Bend, best of the best. Uh, readers poll uh, that's happening. So sure, we'd love to win. We would. We would like it this year. Uh, so if you go to that address one more time, thebendmag.com. The bend is in the coastal bend. Uh, there should be like a banner at the top that says locals list, or you can go to the menu and find locals list. And we're under arts, entertainment, and culture, as you would imagine, under uh, podcast. We're one of five uh, people that made it to the final round of voting, mm-hmm. and uh, Go vote for us there. Yeah. And, and if you're confused at all, go to social media. Any of our social media platforms, we've been pushing out the link and we all got, that. So. We got links, baby. We'll, we got we'll links. We'll keep doing that until yeah. April 25th, I think, right? The voting. That, is, that, I, that I was not I'm pretty sure it's with. the 25th. Okay. So so we got a couple weeks. We'll, we'll keep got reminding you, please, please get out there and vote. Sure. Um, See, that's what I was. I was trying to put on my most professional well, that's podcast host persona. Really yeah. put our best foot forward. P- listeners are like, yeah, these guys are really, really good. They, they <laughs> just, they, they really deliver that nice, clean quality content. They do. And, and we're about to get into a bunch of dick and fart jokes in this episode. <laughs> so it, I guess we're blowing the doors off that one. Uh, but to get us there, to get us into that right frame of mind, uh, to talk about a couple really mind-bending films, I think, this week. Uh, we need to we need to go someplace special, um, and, and in this case, we're going to go to the neon dimension. This is a beer coming to us from Dallas, Texas, from the brewery Celestial Beer Works. It's a seven percent ABV uh, India Pale Ale mm. with Motuika and ooh, Mosaic. Ooh. I had a little bit of this when I was up in Dallas just a few weeks ago. Brought some back. That's a good sign, Carlos. If he's already had it and wants to share it with us, I bet it's going to be above average. That is a, that is a, that is a good sign. We like to hear that. So pouring like a hazy should. Uh, and so I got, I, before is. we get started, let me tell you this: I need to wash the terrible taste of failure from my mouth. I had about an hour and a half to kill before we recorded this evening. I went over to a local eatery that has plenty of beers on tap. And I had a beer that tasted like what I imagine and like like an armpit adjunct Ooh, okay. into a uh, an IPA. It's a beer. It's a brewer we've had on the podcast. I don't, I don't even want to say their name out loud because I don't know if they did anything wrong. I think that some lines need to be cleared out oh, and that's cleaned bad. out at a local restaurant that yeah, we, we do, all know. We do suspect that sometimes. Uh, I and always hope that that's the case more so than uh, a brewer is bad at just, brewing. Just messed up a batch. I yeah. just stuck my nose in this beer, David. Is there lactose in this? No, not that I know of. No, this is just um hazy. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert are a pair of guys that are that that build themselves in their like. As they collaborate, collaborate as they direct. They've done two features. I'm going to talk about their new one. They are called Daniels, right? This is a Daniels film. Mm-hmm. It's also a situation where 
we might actually be able to put this out in certain parts of the country where you have not even seen this movie yet because of the release schedule of this movie. It's gone limited, it's gone wider, and it's about to go even wider. Okay. It's got great word of mouth. Um, the film is called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And how do you even try to synopsize this thing? I will try. Michelle Yeoh, the lovely Michelle Yeoh, Uh, stars as the owner of a laundromat who is married to Ki Huai Kwan, a.k.a. Short Round from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, a.k.a. Data Data from from the Goonies. Goonies. I knew he looked familiar. Who actually retired from acting and after the success of Crazy Rich Asians got back into acting, as I understand it, reading an interview with him, he was pleased to see some opportunities through Crazy, Mm -hmm. Crazy Rich Asians for... Asian American cast members playing more than just sidekicks, right? Right. And he comes on strong as the husband to Michelle Yeoh. Their business is in turmoil. They're about to be, they are being in the middle of an audit from the IRS. The IRS agent played by the amazing Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, And that's not the only adversity in their life. Uh, It turns out that when they were married, we see in flashback, uh, her father, Michelle Yeoh's father, disowned her. Of course, played by James Hong, who's doing his best James Hong in this film. Uh, I mean, he's, that, that dude's fucking incredible. He's nailing the James Hong. He sure, does yeah. James Hong better than anybody else. Uh, and she's they, they're, they're kind of having some problems with their daughter in that she has a girlfriend and she, the daughter is hoping for the acceptance of this, of this lifestyle in her family, which is going to be extra difficult because the grandfather, played by James Hong, would never except something like this. Now, that is a family drama right there, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. At the IRS audit, um, the husband... This is the brief version. Uh, shut up. The husband... <laughs> <laughs> this is... Listeners, peeling back the curtain, Joe said he would do a, a very brief synopsis and not try to get into... But I, I Carlos doubted that, and I think his doubt was yeah, well-founded. Carlos also didn't want to try to do it, because this is a difficult task. The husband blanks out, blinks out, and then comes back as almost like a different person and explains to his wife that there's this thing called the multiverse, and it is in turmoil. And you, I have learned through years and years of exploration, are the person to fix it. And she doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And so begins an adventure that I'll stop now, and we can fill in some details as we go, that is mind-bending, that is putting something on screen. We've heard multiverses, right? Doctor Strange, the new Spider-Man. We know what multiverses are. How dare you invoke Doctor Strange in discussion of this film? I'll tell you why. It's because the general audience, this is what they understand the limits of what a multiverse can be. But I think this movie takes it to an infinite level past anything we've seen prior to now. Um, So in this multiverse, they can access other versions, parallel versions of the same person had they made different decisions Mm -hmm. throughout their lives. And in doing so, can pick up the traits that the alternate version has, like Kung Fu, or flipping a sign, or uh, good with knives, because an alternate version of this character is a uh, hibachi chef, etc. Good with feet. Good (laughs) good with feet. Hot dog (laughs) hands, many other things. Let's get into it. This movie blew my mind. David didn't see it, so I guess it's just going to be yeah, us. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to sit out. That's fine. Uh, 
I in an alternate re- uh, universe, maybe David did see it, and that I'll, David. I'll can do bring some verse some jumping in a moment, and I'll okay. see if I can okay. tap into All one right. of those Davids that saw the film. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did fall asleep during this movie. No, you didn't. I did. I promise. I swear to God. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> wow, I was joking about I the know, sleep test as we. Oh my but, god! But the but the thing is, as you guys know, you went to a ten o'clock screening, nine thirty. <laughs> uh, I've been, you know, I'm moving the store, and there's a certain set of tasks and uh, things that come with that, and um, so I've been. So the day that I went, I was like up at like 6.30 or 7, I worked from 9 to 9, mm-hmm. and then I went to the screening afterwards, and it turns out that I didn't sleep through as much of it as I thought because I just got out of another screening of it about an hour ago. Oh, oh good for you. Okay. I went back well and saw it because what I saw I liked, and I knew based you on- You going to be prepared for tonight. Well, I, 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 I must have taken like three separate five to maybe 15 minute naps at different intervals. And every time I woke up, I was like, oh, this is the end of the movie. And then it wasn't. And then I fell back and said, woke up again. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the end of the movie. And so every and so I was very confused by what was happening, sure. as you can imagine. I was confused yeah. and I was awake the whole time. And so I went back and saw it a second time. It tracks front to back for me. Like I was able to make heads or tails of it. However, this is... N- neither here nor there as far as review of this film goes, but just so you know what an absurd experience I had watching this absurd film, a man brought his six-year-old daughter to this movie Mm -hmm. who clearly does not have the reading comprehension to be able to read the subtitles, and so he said them to her aloud for the entirety of the film. Wow. uh, David and I... They talked front to back at this thing. And it's so interesting that you say that. Worse, Worse more is that the row that we were sitting in when I bought my ticket only 30 minutes before the showing, maybe less than that. Uh, there was not a single seat purchased on my row. They picked two seats directly next to me. Oh, that's wow. awesome. And so there was four seats to their side, two seats to my side. But when I got there, the guy had all of his snacks in my seat that I had purchased. And since <laughs> and since he purchased his seats after I did, oh he knew that that seat had been bought. Right, sure. right. And yeah. so I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to make this guy move. I was, I was late because it was a crazy day uh, today. And so I just barely made it there. I got there maybe five or ten mm-hmm. minutes. In the preview still. Just in time for the Northman trailer, actually. Uh, which I was pleased to see again. And... I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit on the end of the row. Nobody's going to buy this seat. Like there's, it was 3.20 yeah. on a Monday. There's not going to yeah. be a packed house. You know I'll, what I mean? I'll quickly and, join and so you I was on just this rabbit furious. hole. Uh, I went to, David and I actually attended a special CODA screening that I know we'll talk about in After Hours, David. Oh, yeah, yeah. After hours. Okay. Uh, Patreon.com slash beer and movie podcast. $5 a month gets you a bonus episode every single week. You That's your can. job, Carl. Sorry. <laughs> um, but someone. I was trying not to interrupt you, is what it was. <laughs> the film is obviously Coda is subtitled for uh-huh. many parts, and someone behind me was reading subtitles to another person as well. Oh, Dude, wow. Just, no, I, I never experienced no. that before. Okay. Don't go to. I'm sorry. It's okay. I, the movies are for everybody, but not in that case. Well, it, and, and, you know, now we're really getting down some rabbit holes. Go ahead. I do like that the Alamo has these special Alamo for all screenings yes. that are marked off for that very purpose. Like mm-hmm. if you want, it's going to be brighter lights. People, you, you got to uh, be okay with people talking. I've been to one of those Kids screenings. Are, and, and yes, I, and I try to avoid them. But, well, yeah. but if I'm in one, I'm like, okay, 
at least it's been defined that way. At least I had we're to making see, it clear. I had to see John Wick three in one of those yeah. because of scheduling right, stuff for the podcast. Right. And I was and I, I I knew what I was getting into going into it. I was fine. Yeah, with I can't it. complain at that one. But if it's a yeah. normal screening, keep your fucking mouth shut. Yeah. Okay. Now, now to get into the film proper. Let's multiverse back to the review at yeah. hand. Yeah. Um. The. Uh, I'll lead with the negative thing because it's like the only probably it's probably the only negative thing I'll say about the movie, uh, and then it's going to be mostly positive from there on out. Is that it is a bit too long. I agree, and I and I don't and I don't say that because I think the pacing drags or that there's I don't think there's pacing issues. What I think it is is it is an unbelievably dense film. Yes, it is, and it gives you absolutely no rest. And so by two and two hours and nineteen minutes into it, you're kind of exhausted. Yeah. From did you have the same tra- experience the second time? I mean, like, well, he was falling asleep. Understood. Understood. In the understood. First but one. the second time, I got a little drowsy towards the end just because I was like. Uh, tired. <laughs> almost yeah, because so much. I mean, like, right. there's not a single moment where you can. Like this, this Relax. movie Uh-oh. set such a blaze within me throughout the entirety of it. I did not want it to ever end. Mm-hmm. Like this film going experience, I I already today. I I only saw it about twenty four hours ago. Okay, and I think more than any other film. Well, no, probably in the past I've done it like this, but in many years, maybe a decade or more, I don't think I've recommended a film this heartily and aggressively to everybody I've bumped into uh, today because you need to see this film. Well, go this more, go is, more into the blaze that it incited. What do you mean by I, that? I agree with you. From the get-go, first of all, you have Michelle Yeoh at the height of her powers. Completely I mean, she... Completely agree. I... I, I want to live her. in the extended universe. I, I love, <laughs> and you can by watching this film. I loved her when she popped up in Crazy Rich Asians, mm-hmm. but she was kind of confined to that, you know, like the, yes. gl- the glowering mother role. Yes. And one note, and I was worried, like, oh, is this what she's going to be confined to from mm-hmm. here on out? Like, no, it's just because then con- gunpowder milkshake happened. Right, right. No, you're right. She got but to kick ass in that movie. She did. She did. But still, as a supporting role, as a supporting and role, you know, like, yeah. so, the, like, are the days of her being. This blew the doors off that fear that I had uh, in such a profound way, right from the get-go. Um, you you have, you know, s- as Joe already set up, it starts out with a fairly grounded kind of family drama scenario yeah. that I'm actually interested in. You know, you have a husband and wife that are struggling in their relationship, the husband kind of serving divorce papers but but that's a big secret to her she doesn't right, realize that's he's coming. not very because he, he's obviously nope. the you know the uh the beta in their relationship right sure. he's the one who's kind of following orders and she's so consumed by this audit that they're going through and n- not understand it you know so th- there's that kind of turmoil going on the father her father the grandfather coming in the the turmoil with their daughter her not being you know, certainly not accepting and trying to kind of hide this thing and that her, her daughter's lesbian identity. And right there from the get go, I'm drawn into this story. This is interesting. And, you know, it's going to take that turn. I've seen the trailer. I know it's going to happen. And you you're you know, I'm sitting there thinking like, OK, how long are they going to wait? And once they hit you with it, like you say, it's almost like an unending cascade of just all of these amazing ideas, these set pieces that were flowing through that once you've sort of established that the idea of the multiverse and you kind of go with it, it's just so wonderfully crazy and beautiful 
and mind bending and for a purpose, not just stunting, not just like showing off how badass they can be, but doing things in a way that really do like allow them to lead to a pretty it's subs- emotionally satisfying conclusion in the fi- I mean, it, how they pulled this off, I feel like I'm going to have to watch this film 20 times and really be thinking and taking notes and and sort of and probably, you know, at some point watching it where I can actually pause it and think through what's going on mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there is so much going on. I hear what you're saying. It's a lot and it can feel almost overwhelming at times. But I think they also balance it so beautifully where it gets all heady and crazy and weird. And then and then they bring you into like a, a dildo joke. And then, they yeah. you know, and then you get to go back. And or then a butt sh- plug joke. Butt plug joke. And then, you know, it, they keep oh. grounding it through. Hot dog the, fingers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, it's, I mean, it's, it's wild. Rakakuni. Yeah, Rakakuni. Rakakuni. Well, you okay. guys, Zavar, I wanted to make sure we didn't end without me talking about my three favorite gags. And you just mentioned them. There is okay. So Jamie Lee Curtis is, has won some IRS awards that we Deidre Bubidra. The, the the first Bubidra level, is her, last name. <laughs> her last name is Bubidra. The first level of the joke is that in the real world or our world, that fucking trophy that she has won a, a couple of them is shaped like a butt plug. That's which yeah. is funny in itself. That's just funny. Yeah, right. But then we learn because everyone you, hates the IRS, and so it makes sense that sure. they would get such right. an absurd exactly. trophy for. That's being exactly dickheads. how it feels when you go through an audit. <laughs> the second level of the joke is, and, and this is a um, a piece of this this multiverse lore, is that in order to switch multiverses, once you've learned that you can and have some technology to do so, brain link, yeah, you have to um, do something contrary to to what you as a person would do. Uh, give yourself a paper cut, et cetera, et cetera. Well, one of them is to put this butt plug up. A peripheral character learns that in order to switch multiverses, he's got to put the butt plug up his butt. And then he gets into an argument, or not an argument, but like a physical, I'm going to do it. No, I'm going to do it. A physical negotiation with Michelle Yeoh where she's moving right. it around so he can't And bridge. out of nowhere, <laughs> a, a big kind of burly guy who is nude from the waist down does a cannonball <laughs> onto the butt plug. Yeah. Who's great even and before this. And his genitalia like, you know. is graph pixelated out. Yeah. And Didn't it's, like that. it's in slow motion. Do you think they did that for the R? I was, I'm wondering No, I think they, they did it just as the joke. I think you they, think so? I, I think they did it for the laughs. Okay, I, I okay. think I think that it it does fit into the absurdity of it. Yeah. But whereas everything else, mm-hmm. you can you can ground it in some kind of like reality, whether it's an alternate reality. I mean, clearly it is. But that's the one thing where it's like, then that's it, a very inter- interesting and odd choice that then I didn't in a love. Separate conversation. They wouldn't Com- have done it to a topless woman. Completely different. You've got Michelle Yeoh and her current husband, like in the world that we know, talking about no, it's not a, a raccoon in Ratatouille. It's a rat. It's a rat. Yeah. And then that becomes a gag where in another alternate universe with Michelle Yeoh as a hibachi chef, a, a, a fellow chef under his hat <laughs> has got a raccoon <laughs> that is doing the Ratatouille Pulling the thing. Pulling hair and doing the, yeah, yeah. And then the other joke, of course, the one that's getting a lot of talk is that there is an alternate reality where we all have big hot dogs as fingers and use our feet to, to manipulate things like a piano. or Which you don't find out about the feet until the very end. Right. Like where yeah, get, very close. Because, where we get a Tarantino moment. Because the movie just, the, the movie is deep, but it's also layered. The jokes and the subtleties are layered like a lasagna, like... 
on top of one another rather than just density. Yeah, well, that, that, that's, that's the artistry you get when Rakakuni is controlling you uh, yeah. as a director. You know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> two, two, two Rakakunis, it seems. I mean, the, yeah. the they switch um, off. I think <laughs> the fact that I can like come out of this movie and say that it's substance over style when there's so much style the in movie it is, is all crazy. Style, yeah. yeah, it's insane. Like yeah. a, a, anytime you see. Her like going into a, a new, or linking up with another alternate version of herself in another alternate universe, like that flash of images, mm-hmm. the glass breaking, fracturing of the screen when yeah. she's like two kind of being torn her, between, right, you mm-hmm. know, the clay pot is starting to crack and she hasn't learned how to mm-hmm. patch it up, uh, and the the lights between her and her and Waymond when they're like in the IRS building and shit got crazy and uh, the everything bagel and the white <laughs> like weird kind of mausoleum thing that they're in yep. and like all it like the fact that her hair is a bagel like it's yeah. styled into like this whatever it, it's it's crazy that there's this this much flash and flare in a movie, yet there's even more substance into it. And I think the thing that makes it all work so well and it all be something that an audience can still be entertained by is that it's, you know, the very nature of absurdism is just that absurdity, like that there's this kind of levity to how serious everything is if you frame it in the right way and you look at things like you know as much as i absolutely hated the father and his child that were sitting two seats away from me yeah when part one ended which is like two hours into the movie yeah the uh, part, it's definitely loaded towards part one yeah yeah, yeah. the girl was like is it over already so like, Wait, there the, is a credits roll to 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 her, uh, you know. There is a credits defense. roll. Yeah. No, there, there is, is literally a the end title, and yeah. then we start seeing credits rolling. Yeah. yeah, and so for even someone that young who clearly doesn't know what the fuck is going on in this movie, I'm almost fifty, and I'm not sure. That there's I do. no way that this child had any fucking clue what was happening, but was but still hot just dog like, hands is it over already? Like yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy. That's yeah. like a, yeah. a what a feat to have pulled off. You know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, I mean, I, I think you're right. The, I, I said before, there is this, like, amazing tightrope walk that these guys do with the heady concepts and the low body humor. And also, we, we haven't even talked about the martial arts choreography. and right. some of the, like, Crazy. The, the first scene um, where we have... Uh, with the fanny K- pack? Kehoi Kwan come out with his skills yeah. and he takes off the fanny pack and starts belting people about the face and mouth it, like swinging it around yeah. is just master class in martial arts choreography and and editing and filmmaking i mean it's just beautifully done it, you could take that out of the film and i guess you know maybe remove the fanny pack and make it a more appropriate weapon that people wouldn't laugh at on the face of it being a fanny pack and it's just a really well executed martial arts scene and well, there's several of those yeah. throughout the film yeah. i think why well, I, I i would take it a step further and say that people wouldn't even really laugh at that it, because as i was laughing well well <laughs> i mean in the context of this film where there's like it's funny and there's, mm-hmm. you know what, but like it could like, if you, if this, if that scene was shot 20 years ago with Jackie Chan instead of, uh, Kehu Kwan. Yeah. 
K Hoi Kwan. Yeah. K Hoi Kwan. Um, that's like a classic Jackie Chan move. Sure. So like, you know, he was the original guy they were writing this for. Really? They were going to put him in the lead as the M- Michelle Yeoh character. But I, I think oh, it, from what I read in the process of writing, they realized it would really be better to have a central female character yeah. and have her be the. And, That's interesting. It yeah. is definitely better with Michelle Yeoh. But but my my point being that 20 years ago with Jackie Chan, nobody bats an eye at that scene because he kind of made like his brand yeah, is finding shit that he can work with and figuring it out. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and everyone took, I mean, most of his movies have a comedic element to them, but people still took them seriously as like real, like intense fight scenes, you yeah. know, like he breaks everything all the time, you know? Well, uh, like, yeah. I mean, his films have always been, and Michelle Yeoh's and, and, and a lot of the Hong Kong martial arts stars, um, that came out of the 70s and 80s and then eventually made their way into the States in the 90s. And, you know, like they're all even when they were doing it, maybe with a comedic kind of underpinning it, the physicality of it. I mean, like the the fact that I mean, it's like ballet. It, it, it is mm-hmm. amazing to see some of this stuff pulled off the way it is and not just gun fu, but like this is kung fu. Right. This is like actual like human bodies do, doing this stuff in a lot of cases. It's, you know, it's so riveting in so many different ways. Um, you know, these guys are obviously film obsessed. There, there's lovely, you know, 2001 mm-hmm. gets gets a great shout yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Shout out there. We get, yeah, Matrix, Matrix moments. Yeah, for sure. We, we definitely get some uh, In the Mood for Love. That's a deep cut. And, and they, One that missed me. And they really spend a lot of time in those rain-soaked Hong Kong streets. Yeah, you're going to mm-hmm. have to, okay, we're going to have to do In the Mood for Love at some point. And you're the, you're going to be, the, uh, whoa! Yeah. The, the, the theater at Alamo erupted in laughter when he quoted Story of a Girl, that yeah. early 2000s <laughs> uh, hit. The other layers here are the family drama that we talked about being good enough at the very beginning, how it all plays out. As the multiverse gets wider and wider and wider, you see, as I said, um, that she dishonored her family by marrying this penniless man. And then you see alternate versions of them where she has become very successful because they didn't get together. But at the same time, this alternate version of her is trying to convince him he he's saying you broke my heart you 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 know you yeah which which and, comes which comes later though because uh-huh. after she experiences another life for the first time she looks at her husband and she's like my life would have been so much better if i hadn't married you it's like just until like, she learns more about that life right well, yeah yes, but, but that her but initial first, th- thought is yeah right right it's just like i wish you could have seen it my life was so great without yeah. you oh there's like, so many great moments like that and later on when that alternate what is it the alpha verse that's the one that's like sort of controlling things that's yeah. where the the husband from the alpha verse is the one who there is, is an alternate universe where they have learned that you can they were the first to figure to out figure the multiverse out. Right. thing right? right and so and and he's telling her like you're the worst version of you like the one yeah. that we've come to meet from the beginning of the film is the absolute worst version of Evelyn who didn't pursue any of her passions or dreams yeah. <laughs> at any point in Which her life. Which means her potential is greater than all the other ones. <laughs> right, right, because it's, it's untapped. Like, yeah, it's totally it's, untapped. But if there's a fairy tale ending here that, that the husband and the wife can't get divorced, they have to get back together, how are they going to navigate right, that? Right. The daughter and the rest of the family have to come to terms. We haven't even gotten into the fact that the daughter is sort of the source of all the problems, sure. the evil right. in the multiverse, yeah. because... 
the mother in Evelyn in the Alphaverse mm-hmm. pushed her daughter so hard, saw this potential for her to be able to connect with all these other multiverses simultaneously. Yeah, and in some other universe, right? She is this kind of omnipotent being that has Jobu full, yeah, fully learned how to flip. Yeah. Uh, universes and gather powers as I go. Mm-hmm. That's where the bagel, the everything bagel, the once I go into this, everything ends. And I, 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 I don't, I can't remember exactly. She becomes omni, uh, like she becomes all powerful when she goes through that. She bagel. becomes all knowing. Yeah. No, she dies when she goes through the bagel. What, right. Previous I, I, to the bagel, they become all knowing where they, she Feel can and exist experience in all of them everything everywhere all at once, yeah, yeah, as the yeah. name would suggest. But right. but how they come to the ending where the family, you know, everything is mended, and she does stick up for her daughter's queerness, and she, it, it, I envy you, Carlos, even if you dozed off a couple times the first time for seeing it twice. Yeah. I think it's a movie that demands a second viewing, and it's certainly a movie that I mean, if you're listening now, you probably know unanimously without us saying it out loud. We believe you should this, go see I, I'm this I'm going to say, and it, this goes against everything that I usually stand for. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do some Joe Rogan here. Is that Joe? Can I coin a phrase, Joe Rogan? Sure. It sounds like Joe Rogan. I was going to say yeah, it yeah. sounds a little bit like Joe yeah. Rogan, but I'm going rogue like. in a Joe-like way, and I'm going to say. This is my favorite film of 2022. Interesting. I cannot see another film better than displacing the, this. Better one. than the Batman for you. Well, I th- actually, I was going to say X was my top so far. This blows X. I mean, I love X, but but this is just a whole other level of filmmaking. I can't whole, I can't think of a film in the last decade that I would almost not put this film above. There's so much spectacle here that is outside of anything we know about movies. I mean, there's elements, and, and I felt that way when I saw um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Like They are presenting stuff here that we just don't see very often. I read an article saying that they gave up the ability to helm the Loki series to do this. Yeah, You know Good. what I mean? Like They were so intent on getting these specific ideas out there that they, you know, gambled with some financial success in that decision. Well, and, and this is, you know, I, I, I didn't want to bring this up cause I know Carlos is going to get angry here, but, uh, you know, th- this is produced by the Russo brothers. I was shocked when and I saw that so was in, I. The t- in the title card, like, Oh no, yeah, you know, yeah. but, but it's not a no, no. I, I think what it is, is these guys, the da- Daniels mm-hmm. <laughs> have, such a, a unique vision and approach to filmmaking and storytelling that I have to believe the Russos saw like, hey, you can take these elements that we use in this kind of, you know, middle brow way with what we do. As a storytelling device. You. As a storytelling you, device you know more than a concept. Yeah, right. And you guys can do something truly spectacular, truly yeah. mind bending. Yeah. Truly heartwarming. Right. Let's let's see that happen, yeah. and and let's find the money for this kind of project. Now, this isn't the two hundred million dollar Avengers. This is a twenty five million dollar film. They're they, doing they it. They only had twenty five yeah. million. They're doing it on a scale like this is an A twenty four film. This isn't you know the. Uh, but the, that's that's a distribution company. But I'm saying that scale. Yeah. They don't pay. They don't distribute two hundred million dollars. No. You, you know what I'm saying. This is an indie, quote unquote. You know, I mean, this is like one of those mid tier indie films mm-hmm. that just takes all of that 
effects, fight choreography, this conceptual stuff about multiverses. That's astonishing. The biggest that, name that star did this on that budget. The biggest name star is Jamie Lee Curtis, who we've got to talk about at some point. Yeah. She was incredible. She's very oh, good she's, she's wonderful. So, so game Slate for all of it. Up. Yeah, Jenny Slade is hilarious Love in her little bits. I, if anything, you, you know, I hear where you're coming from that, like, this movie is too long. I cannot agree at all with it, but I understand where you're coming yeah. from. And part of that is because you mentioned Jenny Slate, and I'm like, I wanted 20 more minutes of that character. I wanted 20 more minutes with this version of the Michelle Yeoh character. I wanted 20 more minutes with that. I wanted to see, I have a feeling they probably had like a dozen other multiverses, totally, you know, uh, parallel universes already mapped out that they could have jumped to, mm. but they had to scale it back to make it work in like two and a I half hours. I can just hours. imagine them developing this where no they idea won't. was bad. These guys are going to walk away. From, I feel like these guys are going to walk away from this and there'll never be a sequel. To, and I hope that is the case. No, in I'm, some I'm way. just saying, though, in the development of this movie, it's like, yeah, like they had some kind of inside joke about Rakakuni and said, throw it in there. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. had some kind of game that they would play. Oh, I've got hot dog fingers. Let's throw that in there. I mean, anything and everything yeah. that they ever could creatively could All think of got in this film. Yeah. I have to imagine. Well, or, I, or what did they cut? Well, I was going to say, I, I bet they have. But they cut a lot. I bet they have a list of a hundred different yeah, variations right. that right. they could have thrown in there. Mm-hmm. And they went, and I bet they picked some because they were the most far fetched, like Rakakuni, where like, could we actually do a universe where it's based on somebody misunderstanding Ratatouille or misremembering Ratatouille and then we develop that as a whole world? Sure, why not? Let, yeah. let, let's see how far we can go with it. And that's part of what's so amazing to see is the commitment to these bits that they create, like the Rakakuni, the hot dog fingers that, you know, on, on paper, people would say like, that's the dumbest idea. Get rid of those. Instead, they lock into them. And that hot dog world ends up being some of the most like emotionally yeah. meaningful because that's the world where the Jamie Lee Curtis Deirdre character and Michelle Yeoh's character, Evelyn, are together as a romantic couple. Like that's yeah. a universe where they've become romantic. Putting and, each other's and, hot dogs in each are, other's mouths and, and they're having some issues. And, yeah, they're, and having they're having issues and we see them work through those issues and we see them reaching understanding and connection them with each reconcile. other. I mean, and, it, yeah. and I bought it. I yeah. was actually like several times in this movie tearing up at the connections that people were making because a lot of you know towards the end right like the, where we end up resolving this film is her realizing I'm not going to fight this with violence I'm going to fight this by connecting people with the things that are compelling them to do these violent things I'm yeah. going to satisfy their unmet needs mm-hmm. as I'm going up this staircase instead of clobbering them and pushing them off love is the answer violence is not the answer so let me let me glean from every experience I've had including this husband who I have already told I would have been better without you. What are the attributes that he brings to the relationships that are positive and pleasant and joyful? And let me, the the googly eyes, et cetera. Let me incorporate that into the overall decision by using all the lessons of love that I've learned through this weird trip as the solution. Yeah. What a beautiful message. Yeah. And presented in a boy, I wish I had DMT on hand for for this one. But yeah, yeah. I don't think it would have. No, you wouldn't need it. You don't need it. You don't need Uh, it. But one of the things that I like about this movie is that it illustrates a point that is hard to illustrate to people sometimes, Mm -hmm. uh, which is that nothing matters. And it's not nothing matters. It's "Ah, nothing matters. You know, and whenever you say those words, those two words to people, 
people typically instinctually go to like a dark place with it. You know what I mean? Sure. But what this movie illustrates is that it's not a bad, that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It is a freeing thing. And a thing that means that you can do whatever you want. Like you can live your life however you want to live it. You can be with whoever you want to be with. You can do any occupation that you want to do. You can make whatever choices you want to make. And And uh, and the adversity that comes from some of those decisions that we see in society now is only as strong as the, as the value that you give that adversity. I'm not sure what you mean by that, but what I, but what I will say to add on to it is that it was very philosophical. I understand why you didn't get it. Go ahead. (laughs) Is this movie also shows that when people put so much meaning on certain or on things in general, it typically leads to more adversity than not. Like Mm -hmm. by being so concerned that your father's not going to take your daughter's life decisions. Well, you end up creating more conflict than if you just accepted that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And you know, it's not like an empty nihilism that this film, no, it's an absurdism. And that's the thing is that like an absurdism, but, but it's balanced by this recognition that, okay, if nothing matters, then why not be kind to one another? Why not show each other, genuine compassion and love but that's that's which that's i mean i mean those are the tenets of absurdism except that in the original like thesis statement is more so about uh embracing art as a way to create meaning out of nothingness but the essence of this film is still inherently sisyphean especially by the time we get to the end of it Mm. like the you know the guy said the alternate version of Wayman says like, there's another life where I would have loved to do laundry and taxes with you. Yeah. And there has never been a more Sisyphean task than doing laundry and doing Doing your fucking taxes. Cause no matter how many times you complete those tasks, you're going to have to, you have to do them again. Once you roll that rock to the top of the hill, it's going right back to the bottom and you got to run it back. Right. And so that one scene more so than any other point in this film, so perfectly encapsulates the idea that you can still find happiness right. in this endless cycle yeah. of torment and abuse. And you can make mistakes and make up for them. She's a yeah. flawed character. Evelyn is an amazing character, but at her core, a flawed character. She's making bad decisions from the outset of the film. At one point, um, she literally says, I just want to lie here. Yeah. It was like, you can get up and reach your potential. You can lie here and face the consequences. She's yeah. like, I'll lie here. Yeah. Sisyphean, She's got a big laugh. Sisyphean, ladies and gentlemen, why you tune, why you tune in week after week That's after right. week. That's right. No, well, listening is, to a podcast is Sisyphean. As soon as you finish an episode, you know there's another one coming. Well, that, but that's more... Uh, what Frito Lazian, where it's like you once you pop, you can't stop. Or that's no, a Pringle. It, that's Pringle. Okay. What, but what you is, can't. But what you is can't the Lazy one? Is it, it you can't you can't, can't have just, just one. one? Right. You listen to one episode, you're gonna have to listen you're to another. Listen it's to just, more. Yeah, that's how it works. Well, if I'm drinking a Celestial IPA, <laughs> can I stop at just one? Um, I didn't, and, and I don't think I will because. I really enjoyed uh, the Neon Dimension. Uh, again, why why I brought it to share, Joe? Did it did oh, it merit? Let, let me Carlos. Your, let your let me Carlos this okay, last sip. Good. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Savor it here. Let us know. Classic hazy. Classic hazy. Yeah. It, no frills. I don't mean that in a bad way. Right. It's just full of flavor. I love it when a can will tell you exactly what the hops are. The 
how do you pronounce this? Motuika. Motuika and the Mosaic Hops. This neon dimensions uh, dimension I would love to visit a little more often. Pity I can't get it here in my hometown. I know, right? Right. You got. You still got to go north, but who knows? They might start distributing down here at some point. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't? Yeah, but it's not but very far. The, the the couple beers that I had of theirs when mm. I was up in the DFW area, fantastic. And I'm I'm glad that I got to bring you to the Neon Dimension with me. Yeah, it was. I mean, there's. I mean this in the best possible way. There's not a lot to go on and go on about. It is just solid. Yeah. And I imagine that, that did you go to the brewery to pick it up or did you get no, it was No, it was a bottle shop okay. up there, yeah. I imagine it's a very popular brewery and I imagine that when their new releases come out, there's a line out the door. Uh, I think it's one that turns over quickly, sure. Good, good, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, guys, I mean, th- this this was a fantastic film and I know maybe you're not putting it on quite the pedestal I am but I, but I don't feel like I'm overstating it this this is a rare kind of movie that I don't know if I've seen it's an unparalleled ambition uh, the only one uh, no I've doubt. been able to compare it to for people is the first time seeing being John Malkovich walking sure. in and not really knowing how to prepare myself for what I was about to see, even if, even though I'd kind of heard yeah. the concept. It's I'm a like, good okay, example well, because be? I mean, imagine the commitment to that, yeah. to that yeah. bit. I mean, right. and, and on paper, something that I'm sure many studio executives are like, no, yeah. John Malkovich, not a huge household name. I mean, going too. And so yeah. like, going makes back it to sillier. last week's episode where we talked about the player, when that character, I talked about this scene last week, uh, the the studio executive is explaining to his new love interest what he does for a living and that movies have to be this and when they're this it's a recipe for success most of the time this movie defies expectation i mean defies yeah expectation it's yeah. not anything and i think you're going to get 10 minutes into this movie and you're either going to love it or it's just not going to be your cup of tea but even if it's not your cup of tea you're going to be constantly amused right. by things you've never seen before on film and that's going to give it points for me no matter what yeah i mean i i could yeah i i could see people wanting to tap out because it is too much and they're not willing to go there with it mm-hmm. But if you take can, yourself a nice nap. But if you, <laughs> but if you, you cannot can, miss a second of this. But movie. if you can drop your guard and just go with the humor of it, and and w- which is what I think is built into it in mm-hmm. a way that helps it to work, even though it is such a heady film, um, then you're gonna love it. Cannon, it's just cannonballing on a butt plug. I have not laughed that loud out loud in yeah. the theater. Oh, I was time. I was coming out of my seat. It was not pretty. I mean, it's good <laughs> that nobody was next to me. Other other Aaron was on one side, and uh, then we had the whole row to ourselves. Yeah. Plenty of other people in the theater, though, and they were enjoying it. So yeah, good yeah. job. Yeah, not since uh, not since the Matrix have we seen a film fool people into high concept with great action and set pieces. That's a good way to put it, too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, we're gonna go back in time when we come back. What I meant was we're going to go back in history with these same directors. I'm excited to do that. Another mind bender coming up. But we're going to go back to episode 184, the first and only time prior to now we've had Trim Tab Brewing. That was a weird episode. That was in the height of the 
quarantining phase uh-huh. of the pandemic when we were doing the show via Zoom, not in the same room. And we just had a free-flowing conversation about the things we had been watching mm-hmm. while that was the case. Episode 184, we had their Paradise Now. It was not 184. No, it had to have that been That was beer like, number 184. Uh, it was well, episode 82. What do you think I meant? <laughs> That's what I said. That's yeah, what I said. <laughs> okay, now we're going back to Trim Tab Brewing. Uh, they are out. They're in Alabama. Birmingham. And we're having their Martin Denny Complex. Let me read the can to you. Pat, peach and Passion Fruit Imperial. Let me start over reading the can to you. Peach and Passion Fruit Imperial. Fuck me. Imperial <laughs> Sour Ale. 16 ounces of good vibes. Is this one you've had another one of these, David? Or? I, I've had it, and and I thought, you know, here. So Martin Denny, for, for those listeners who aren't aware, it was a... Uh, a uh, musician in the mid 20th century who was known for sort of this loungy exotica music, um, often associated with kind of like Polynesian islands mm-hmm. and island, you know, sort of islands out in the middle of the ocean, the Pacific, the and wherever. Every album art has this beautiful woman on it in a tropical location. Right, right, like right. Almost every time. Right. So, and I had actually brought it a few weeks back when we were doing The Lost City, thinking, mm, okay, yeah. the island location there, maybe we could do the tie-in. Sure. We ended up going with the Fair Isle yeah. beer yeah, that yeah. I brought instead, which was a good pick, and yeah. it, you know, it had an island tie-in. But here, lo and behold, just a few episodes later, we're doing another film that at least initially is set on an island, and I thought, well, great, perfect opportunity to finally tie in this Martin Denny complex. Well, reading from the can, it says, Welcome to a tropical excursion crafted with juicy peach and passion fruit and imperial sour ale. All right. Thanks for bringing it, David. I appreciate it. Well, sure. I'm, I'm hoping you'll enjoy it. Um, and, and I'm hoping that we will all enjoy it as we dive into, as Joe has uh, sort of prepped us for here, the... First feature film by Daniels. Um, Again, Joe kind of mentioned the first half, interesting sort of collaboration between Daniel Scheinert and Daniel Kwan, these two guys who met apparently while they were uh, film students at Emerson College uh, up in Boston, and went on, they were directing music videos together for a few years. I think they're most well known for the Turn down for what? Turn mm-hmm. down for what? Turn yep. down for what? Um, In a break room at school, one of them said, do you like fart jokes? And the other one said, yes. And they said, let's be best friends. <laughs> and if, and if, you can, ex- and you can. I mean, we all should have seen coming that the people that brought us the turn down for what video would bring us such existential, heady kind of content. You know? Well, I mean, when you think about it, what deeper philosophical question is there than turn down for what? There's nothing. There's they, they, come that, on, like why? That do is you, at, do, that is at the root of the human experience. There you go. Uh, okay, so so they were kind of getting at the core of existential questions right from the gate. Swiss Army Man was their first attempt to do that with a feature length film. Um, I I have to admit, and I'll summarize just in a second, but I have to admit I am ashamed that I started watching this film three or four years ago, maybe even five years ago, because it came out in 2016. And I was with a mixed group of people, including some older folks, who were not reacting well to this film. And we made the decision as a group that we needed to probably change directions. We Mm -hmm. shut it off, maybe 
20 minutes and into you it. you didn't go back. And I never did. And it, and it wasn't because I didn't like it because I was one in the group that was feeling like, oh, I need, yeah, this is great. I got to watch the rest somewhere. of it. But then once I was away, once I got home, I didn't have access to it. It wasn't something, nobody else was saying, oh, Dave, you got to watch it. So, so I kind of put it on the shelf and I was like, okay, you know, I'll get back to that at some point uh, in the future. So put a pin in that, right? But the idea here with Swiss Army Man, very small scale, we have Paul Dano, fa- favorite of the podcast. No doubt. Can we say at this point? I think so. We, sure, yeah, we, yeah. We've certainly celebrated his his performances and prisoners. In and the, the full light of day, Storm. by the way, I, I noticed in this film how much how much he's cloaked in darkness in a lot of his other work. Sure, he's yeah. in the full there light of blood, day yeah, here. Yeah. You know. Um, so Paul Dano playing this man stranded on an island. As the film begins, he has reached. His end, he, he's going to hang himself, folks. It's a, it's a pretty bleak beginning when a... In an exotic locale. <laughs> right. When when a corpse washes ashore, or a man washes ashore, right. he's not convinced, he doesn't know one way or the other whether... But as we, he approaches... We know. <laughs> we do, right. It's blue. <laughs> um, he... It's a corpse that's washed up, right? A waterlogged corpse has... Another Daniel. ...has fallen up, it, played by Daniel Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he, you know, approaches it and somewhat through kind of a strange little series of events starts realizing the thing is flatulating regularly, expelling gas and comes up with the idea that maybe I can use this thing to propel myself through the ocean, um, maybe even back to shore right. and rides the bloated farting, farting corpse like a as jet a jet ski, ski yeah. uh, and, and, you know, crashes. But w- what a great opening for a film you're and, about to see something different. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and they do, you know, after the credits, they do eventually make it to some sort of shore. They're not, he's not entirely sure where that is and what, you know. But the bulk of the film is this kind of journey through the wilderness mm-hmm. as they attempt to make their way back to civilization. Paul Dano, the stranded uh, man who had found himself on the island when he attempted to escape civilization mm-hmm. and go off on a boat by himself, along with this corpse that he's brought along, that as they go along on this journey, starts to reanimate and and sort of speak and mm-hmm. have opinions and questions and, and, and all that. So yeah, it's it was like a, complete, a buddy film yeah, of sorts. Like a complete loss of memory to where the Paul Dano character is teaching the corpse about humanity right. through his own soul perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That That's the basic premise, folks. Swiss Army Man. And, if, and of course, the, the title here being that Daniel Radcliffe as this corpse, who comes to have the name Manny, um, which seems almost accidental just based on some of the first, like, mumblings that he has as he's beginning to return to speech. And he's a man. He, man. And he is a man, right? So Manny, yeah. Um, that he is also kind of multi-purpose, multifunctional, like a Swiss Army knife, in that he can shoot things out of his mouth. He can also produce filtered water through yeah. his mouth, potable water. Um, he can use his uh, limbs as axes and yes. to break limbs and right. So multifunctional, else. like yeah. a multi-purpose his teeth tool. Are razors that you can shave with. That's right. Yeah. That's a thing that happens in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of things that happen. In this so there movie. are lots of I things. I watched this one first. 
Uh, I, I had not seen it either, David. Not even the first twenty minutes. Uh, Carlos, had you seen this movie? I had okay. no, but it was. I mean, it was one I was aware of. Yeah. Well, you know, I've stocked the soundtrack in the sh- in the in the shop, and oh, it's, what a great it's, soundtrack! It's, too. it's a great soundtrack. Who fucking knew? Uh, it, it's been on my radar. Just never got around to. I it. watched this one first. I did not know Daniels as a directing team, but when I know, saw you on Friday, had you watched it already? Yes. But not with Aislinn, right? No. Okay. No. I mean, I don't mean that. No. I just mean uh, I watched it at work at lunch on my uh, computer. I'm just like everything, everywhere, all at once. You're seeing something that is clearly a highly creative group of writers and directors putting something on screen that you just don't see anymore. You've seen aspects of it. It's got a weekend at Bernie's vibe, but <laughs> yeah, you know it does. Know, that's, you're carrying a corpse around. Didn't uh, occur to me, but you're right. Yeah. Uh, you've you know you've certainly seen the dozens of wilderness, lost in the wilderness, can I survive? Kinds of things, deserted cast island, away. cast away. Wilson, the volleyball. You know mm-hmm. the the creating a relationship with in, in, inanimate objects just to keep your sanity. There's all kinds of aspects like there that you've kind of flirted with seeing, but. The idea that a corpse is reanimated to do everything from shoot me across the ocean with his farting to chopping down a tree with his, you know, action karate grip arm. Uh-huh. It, it, it should be stated that... Again, one of a kind thought here, you know? I mean, he's full-blown riding a jet ski that is a corpse. Yeah. Like, that's not just like... Oh, at 30 miles an hour. Yeah. Th- yeah. It's not just like I can fart. With, with an incredibly triumphant acapella song that he yeah. has created in his own mind, one uh-huh. would assume. Yeah. Because that's Paul Dano's voice looping, doing yeah. all these little bits that, like, get looped. And yeah. I mean... I was like, there, kidding. I there mean, is this soundtrack. W- I've been listening to this soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. Ever since I watched this film, yeah. I I like the Sun Lux uh, soundtrack for uh, everything, every everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. I, I think that's a great soundtrack too. But this is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. But I, it just needed to be stated that if you haven't seen this movie, there is a wake in behind Daniel Radcliffe's <laughs> farting corpse. I mean, yeah. it's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean. This this film, like everything, everywhere, all at once, does that mixing of high and low in a way that rarely gets pulled off this well. I mean, there's so much that is just base body humor here, right? The farting. I mean, they, mm-hmm. farting is a regular presence in this film that sort of initiates some of the first real action of the film and carries on throughout it and 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 becomes kind of the bookending like kind of conclusion of the film where farts become very important right i mean the, daniel radcliffe's the manny his erection becomes mm, a compass, a compass yeah for them I almost forgot about that that. <laughs> that that is pointing them back towards civilization mm-hmm. and 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 that they're using to like go home so there's some really just juvenile body humor that's going on in, in this film and yet there are these really almost deep philosophical conversations that come out of the way that as without a doubt you were saying that Manny is sort of this newborn child who, who has great capacity to learn speech very quickly, but is asking just basic questions like, well, what is this? And what, what is a a relationship? And why are you, why are you hiding your farts from me? There you go. Right. What is love? What is masturbation? I mean, things that 
You think about your mom when you masturbate. Are used well, as gas. I mean, he, he becomes like his psychologist at a yeah. cer- or a psychiatrist at a certain point and is like psychoanalyzing yeah. him. Farts and masturbation, you know, they're used as gags, something about Mary, blazing saddles. But here, it's like humanity has aspects to it that, like Paul Dano tells his new student, his new whatever you want to call him, we just don't talk about these things. These things aren't appropriate to talk about, you know. Uh, uh, and and like everything, everywhere, all at once is about using this kind of like science fiction multiverse concept to, at the end of the day, solve the basic life problems of our lead characters in the universe that we met them in. Mm-hmm. This film is really an exploration of like Paul Dano's the, the the lone man on the island coming to terms with his own understanding of love and uh, commitment to people and attaching themselves to, to the human experience that I thought was pretty philosophical and amazing. Yeah. It, you know, I, I like this film a lot. I, I do. And I'm glad, and I'm glad I, you know, finally had the reason to watch the entire thing. It does give me more pause than everything, everywhere, all at once. It's certainly more troubling and not as straight ahead in what you're supposed to take away from well, it. Well, you know, I said in the first half, Michelle Yeoh is a, is a flawed character. Don't get me wrong. She, she has sure. a lot to overcome in terms of her intolerance of her daughter's, uh, you know, sexuality. Or but she's sexual- not a stalker. No, but she's not an incel stalker <laughs> who is, you know, sort of, yeah, who who probably removed himself smartly from society given yeah. what he was maybe on his path towards doing otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it, it's interesting because in this movie you see that kind of early beginnings of the of of Daniel's the creative team kind of tackling this idea that nothing really matters it not as pointedly in this one but just the idea that you're watching someone who is conditioned to civilized society having to explain to somebody that's not about like social norms and protocols and stuff and when you're explaining that to somebody who seemingly has no context for it, you sound crazy saying like, Oh, you just can't do this. Why? Well, because you don't like, there's not, you know, a reason other than we've collectively accepted that you don't do these things or talk about these things or whatever. We've hidden these things. They're shameful. Masturbation, farting, you know, these are things that we do not expose to other people. And and we all do them, but we do not, we, act, we act like we don't. Yes, we right, act like right. we don't. Y'all do. And so, and so when, <laughs> and so when you strip that down to its bare bones, it is it's it's absurd, you yeah. know. Uh, and then, and then you have this thirty-minute sequence where the thing that is reanimating Daniel Radcliffe is his learning to love, mm-hmm. is his discovering love. Love is giving his undead life meaning right and it's this really beautiful thing where he is like forming he's like regaining these memories or whatever and he's like has this sense of purpose that's like propelling him to help paul dano's character stay alive hank Mm -hmm. is he at a certain point hank is no longer the one carrying Manny around Manny at, at a certain point literally begins to be the one to carry Hank. 
And for a second, you're like, wow, this is beautiful. What's happening right now? Like love can like really uh, give us purpose and meaning in life and can make us better versions of ourselves and all this stuff. And then you find out that this guy retreated to the woods in the back of this woman's house that he had been secretly taking photos of and had been kind of stalking and most likely was sneaking up that hill every now and then and just watching her live her life. Yeah. Uh, That he never was on a deserted island. That the deserted island is his own detachment from reality. Yeah. And, And so then it gets really weird. And at that point, it becomes very hard to make heads or tails of... The message? Not the message. I think, I mean, yes, I guess to a certain extent. I mean, it makes it muddier where you can't just come away saying like, oh, yeah, like I. The whole thing is I love this character or whatever. You know, you then at that point have to. And I and I like that about it in that it is uh, from a philosophical perspective, more trouble, more. Not tr- I mean, yes, troubling, but more challenging than everything everywhere all at once. Because if you can, it is because if you can track what everything everywhere all at once is doing, if you can follow that narrative and you can get the algorithm thing where you can do the brain link and all that stuff doesn't mess you up too much. The message is kind of there at the end in a clear and cohesive way. Yeah. That doesn't have any kind of flaw to it or any kind of thing you have to grapple with. You just have to, yeah. But with this one, it leaves a lot more to think about yeah. and a lot more to contend with because <laughs> Paul Dano is Hank uh, Hank is, is a is a is a criminally flawed character right. at this point. And, yeah. and, and and a flawed character in a way that is not like okay. Yeah. Right. It turns out he's not as attractive a character to root for as you, as, you as were enjoying for the first for, an hour and Two 15 acts. minutes yeah. in a 90 minute movie. It's not until the final like 10 or 15 minutes of this movie where that his character really unravels. Right, you know? right. But then there, yeah, I just, it's, I, I still haven't quite dealt with it. I think you articulated it really well. I had problems with the ending that I didn't have with the first two acts. But it makes it a really interesting film. No it doubt. Does. It, it one does. One that it's, is it's, like... It, it complicates things, but not in such a way that I want to just discard the film. Right. It just... It complicates it for me. And there... It, it, in a way where... You can, like the intention was to complicate it. Yeah, no, this wasn't. It, yeah, I think everything is there for a reason. We're not. So, we are supposed to come away from this troubled by the character of Hank. right. I think you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and and yet, I mean, did the character grow? I think he did in some ways. Right. I don't think that. I don't think Hank would act the same way that Hank did in the past. Yeah. That we're troubled by. If the movie goes on after this, I mean, where the film ends, where, you know, this crowd that's gathered kind of sees, uh, you know, uh, Manny go off and, and it's sort of um, legitimate legitimating the fantastical story that uh, Hank has been telling that like, oh, no, yeah, I came here away on this on his yeah, right. I mean, he goes away with his fart, you know, and yeah. he, he uses the farts to propel himself back into the ocean and smiles and winks kind of as he's, you know, leaving yeah. the shore. And so it sort of gives you this, well, no, he did really go on this journey and he did really change. And I don't think that the Hank that we end up with is Hank the stalker anymore. I don't think Hank would be 
watching the Mary Elizabeth Winstead character, Sarah. Love um, seeing her pop up. From, yeah. Could not tell by the picture on the phone that that was her. Yeah, yeah. Personally. Uh, you know, but I love But her. that said, you don't necessarily get a clear coda for the film where you see that realized. Not a lot you, of closure. You, and. He gets and he doesn't, and he right, and and he doesn't uh, apologize for his acts. He doesn't no. take, uh, you know, he doesn't accept guilt for them, or you know, or, you know. But I don't think it leaves you where like, oh, this is okay what he was doing. Yeah. So no. it's it's a really weird kind of complicated place that it leaves you. Yeah. And and yet gives you that false sense of like sort of smiling closure as these two, you know, Manny and Hank smile at each other yeah. as. Manny takes off for whatever his next adventure is going to be. One could assume meeting somebody else on a deserted island. Yeah. I don't know. Is that what he does as a corpse? He or just... the other interpretation is that he is detached from reality and none of it ever happened. Well, that and that, he that. continues to be detached from reality now that he has to face the consequences of his actions. I right. mean, that is probably more. That's what that's what I took away from it. But they don't. They don't. Leave, same, but they don't but... do that. They don't. They don't ground you. That I mean, they could have. I had that be... and then like cut to him being put in the back of a paddy wagon yeah. and you know them talking about how well, I think it's a more satisfying ending yeah. and I think that if we see a few more Daniels films as they continue to make films we're going to make a lot more sense of it that this is their wink at the audience that even in real life like de- I was going to say depravity that's not the right word a uh, criminality mm-hmm. there can be fantastical elements and you've enjoyed the journey all along yeah i did not enjoy that last 15 minutes I, it didn't leave a sour taste in my mouth uh, uh passion fruit imperial sour in my mouth <laughs> but it it i was glad that they that i was just a few days later able to partake in more of this daniel's lunacy that was a lot more fulfilling it's yeah. it's it's the evolution i think of their storytelling and and the the closure portion of it yeah it's again it's amazing to see mm-hmm. these filmmakers who will commit to these really strange ideas yeah. that again on paper most people would just look at it and be like, oh, that's the scribblings of, you know, like uh, somebody in Arrested Development who, who needs to work harder and figure they No, let's see this through. Let's see where this takes us. And I, I think you're right that that this is, you know, a step on that journey. And it's an amazingly sort of well-realized step. But it's one that gives me more pause in terms of what where it ultimately lands and, and what it's doing. But but I think not in a way that makes me say like do see this film. I mean I I think you know if oh, you're yeah, if you're listening, absolutely go to see everything everywhere all at once as soon as you possibly can. This one is more you know okay if you like that and you want to roll with it and you want to see where these guys sort of tested out some of these ideas. Definitely see Swiss Army Man. Yeah, there's no failure to wash from my mouth from the movies that we saw this week. Even though that's a problematic, you know what I mean? I appreciate that we can determine that it is problematic, but I en- I enjoy I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I, I thought this was a movie that definitely you should see. I don't think it's streaming on any of the services. I'd, I had to rent it. I had to rent it too. A few, yeah. few bucks. It's uh yeah. I was I was honestly pretty bummed that it took me six years to watch it. Yeah. Because it was one that I remember from when it came out. And like, pa- I remember and, it and making again, waves. Paul Dano. Could you pick a better actor to play this character, who is both kind of childlike 
and innocent, but also has this like dark kind of yeah. foundation. He's got, to it. he's got a certain kind of face. It's, the the man, you know, the, the, those who know how to use him, use him very well. Yeah, yeah. He's got a he's got a thing about him. He does that's for sure. So we don't need to wash failure from our mouths, but we did, as always, need to have something to kind of carry us through the conversation. And I'm hoping, Joe, that you felt that the Martin Denny complex did that. Uh, it did. Um, an imperial. I, I just I can't put those two words together. Imperial sour. Thank you, imperial. David. Uh, imperial sour. Imperial. This can't be the first time we've had an imperial sour ale on the show. It can't C- be. Certainly not. No. But I got to tell you, uh, what was the ABV? Seven point six. Yeah, I I thought for a sour, you could taste all of that tropical that they were going for. Yeah. There is passion fruit on the nose. We didn't mention that at the top of this segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put definitely your nose, peach too. Yeah, yeah, I mean all of that fruit is there. It's not a uh, false sense of the fruit. Sometimes you get all that fruit on the right. nose, and then on the flavor, it's just you know, it's just kind of a sour. No, this was uh, delicious and deep and balanced, and uh, I enjoyed it very much. Seven point two also just uh, you know put me right over the top. If I fart and blow on out of here, please just <laughs> allow me. Allow, well, indulge I, you me, know, please. if I ever find myself stranded on a deserted beach. I hope that a cooler of this washes up because uh, it might at least give me an afternoon or two of bliss before <laughs> I just waste away because there's no way I would last very long on a deserted island. I don't have the sort of survival skills. I don't, to, I don't have the stuff. I'm, I'm no we'll Robinson Crusoe. Though. I'm no, uh, you know, uh, what's Tom Hanks in Castaway? What's his character? I don't know. But the, you FedEx know, guy. I, I, I wouldn't. I I'm wouldn't, out on Tom Hanks. I wouldn't make it. But I could maybe have a couple good afternoons with the Martin Denny complex if uh, if that were to wash up. Like Jack Sparrow when they des- when they desert him on that island and he finds the rum. There you go. Yep. Just like that. I mean, Just many like people that. have compared me to Johnny Depp before. This isn't the first time, Carlos. Yeah, I imagine you do get that along, David. Yeah, my my troubled relationship with Amber Heard, top <laughs> top among them. Your uh, and your band with Alice Cooper too. Yeah, famously. <laughs> I was trying to quickly Google what Daniel's next project. If there's any news on what they've yeah. got upcoming, and I I couldn't find. Oh, anything. I can't wait but, though. But the, I'm the, eager. These I'm guys, eager. I they they have zoomed right up yeah. to the top of my. Uh, filmmaking echelon where i just i want to know what these guys are going to i don't know who to compare them to outside of a, Char- a kaufman or spike jones kind of thing where they're going yeah. for michelle Quark. gondry yeah no this is yeah they, they yeah. are they are postmodern Same school surrealist mm-hmm. uh you know pranksters yeah. they, they are they are they're just yeah. they're just having fun but i think you know again if Kaufman maybe is guilty of tilting too far into the nihilism and and in a what like, are you sort of, of? emptiness, synecdoche, New York. I mean, look at where synecdoche is pretty. Look pretty at rough, where that yeah. leaves you. Oh, look at where even so being John Malkovich. Compare the end of being John Malkovich to the end of everything, everywhere, all at once. I mean, Kaufman does not give you the warm embrace at the end that the Daniels give you. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that may be the better flavor. But to me, I I kind of like that Daniels find a way to kind of bring it back to that kind of like the human element and that there's something. Yeah, I meant to say this in the first half uh, in response to Carlos suggesting I shouldn't have 
brought up the Doctor Strange or the new Spider Man, but I think and you did it again right now. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to I think make I'm Carlos fart happy. My way on out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Just point, point your ass that way. Now, if they can get Benedict Cumberbatch in the Cumberbatch. next film, <laughs> I was just going to say though that like the multiverse has been a tool to tell the next Marvel story and mm-hmm. a lot of great visual effects, but. In Spider-Man, it's just like a way to bring those three things together. Yeah. And bring those all the villains. It's together. not substantial the way that it's this is. It's not substantial. This is like, ha, <laughs> you think that the top grossing film of the last ten years is about multiverse? Watch what we do. And yeah. they took it to a whole other level. Yeah. And with I wonder Doctor how Strange aware, coming I wonder how out, aware they were. Because the Russo's are in it. I mean, they sure. must have been like parallel as they're making this. This movie took a while to develop. Though. Right. I mean, the script minimally. Spider Man clearly. Yeah. Probably some of the like seeds of the idea came from the Matrix. I mean, and sure. I think Lana Wachowski, I think it was Lana Wachowski, had posted a glowing review about this yeah. film. It's uh, good. Makes you think. Uh, uh, films don't do that very often, and uh, I'm glad that we tackled this one. I would have suggested we do Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon as the second film, but this this was a good this choice. Was, I'm this glad we've got a Daniels episode. Yeah, Crouching and we, we will come back to Michelle Yeoh. We, we will should. find a good reason to, to bring it. I be, go back did, to the did, did you guys go to the Alamo to see this? Yes. Yeah, it was the, a little, the pre the show was, was, was fantastic. Great. It was great, and they did a a lot of her early films like that I had minute, not seen. Many documentary most of on them, her. yeah. And I, I need been. to. I, I had seen to. Super Cop when Rumble in the yeah, Bronx yeah, came yeah. out, and I that was my first real big taste right. of Jackie Chan. That was one of the big crossover yeah. films prior yeah. to his um yeah, yeah, yeah Rush Hour and all. Yeah. Uh, I went back to find the ones that uh, mm-hmm. you were able to find, and Supercop is is a big one in his you know pre American large career. Yeah. And I didn't realize that I, mean, I wouldn't have realized that the hot young girl in Supercop was Michelle Yeoh. You know, yeah. yeah. And I wasn't really even that aware of her before we saw Gunpowder Milkshake, and then I was rattling off Angela Bassett and Carla Gugino and uh, David. Thankfully, it was like, and Michelle Yeoh, don't don't leave out Michelle Yeoh. You've seen like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I have not. Okay, We've been over good. this. Got to do um, this. So very mu- very much interested in her back catalog. I did watch Tomorrow Never Dies recently, uh, the Bond movie that she was in, and she's mm-hmm. fantastic in that movie. Hundred percent episode, fantastic episode, great beers, great movies. I do want to punctuate the Doctor Strange conversation though, because this was a I saw a, I I saw a tweet a couple of days ago that I I I really liked and that I think grounds some of the conversation around this topic in like a certain like reality and like the like context that I feel is important. But someone named Bethany at film gal tweeted everything everywhere all at once isn't playing at my local movie theater, but Spider-Man no way home is going on its fifth month. And it was a picture of this woman in distress, uh, <laughs> which was a funny caption. But then uh, at shame underscore memory underscore tweeted, this was what Scorsese was actually talking about. But the media just wants to make it. Grandpa doesn't get why Ant-Man and the Wasp is art, actually, yeah. which is exactly what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. fifth month. Right. And you can't devote one screen to this thing. Fuck you. Um, but that's. <laughs> Do you want to get fucked? Come find us on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) 
That... Join us in Discord. We will fuck you good. Uh, <laughs> somehow the most unhinged transition to the plugs did not come from me. I don't know what alternate reality we are living in. Uh, but the conversation doesn't end when the episode ends, as you very well know. It continues on social media. Uh, just conversation, not fucking. Uh, Twitter at Beer Movie Show. Instagram at Beer and a Movie. Facebook.com slash Beer and a Movie. TX. Beer and a Movie Podcast.com is the home base where you can find links to all sorts of stuff, including uh, episode uh, curated collections of things like directors all horror october etc you can find a beer map where you can see all of the different beers from all of the different cities states what 14 countries now that we've had over 400 beers Um, and you can find uh, a link to the discord uh where again no fucking is happening but lots of other great things are happening memes being shared all sorts of stuff film discourse uh, you can find a link to our merch site, tpublic.com slash user slash beer in a movie, or just click the link on the website and you can get a shirt, you can get a hoodie, you can get a coffee mug, you can get all sorts of crazy stuff, stickers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Patreon.com slash beer in a movie podcast, as we referenced earlier, $5 a month gets you a bonus episode every single week where yes, we talk about beer, yes, we talk about movies, but we talk about a great many other things as well. Uh, it's a great time and it really helps us out quite a bit. So get in there uh, for that uncensored after hours talk and if you're listening to this on apple podcast please rate and review and subscribe we know that you're going to give us that five star rating uh but leaving a written review and all of that uh really helps the algorithm to do what it do and show our podcast more beer and movie lovers thebenmag.com for locals list voting we're number one in your hearts but let's put it on paper let's win that poll this year it's about time four years 400 movies and 400 beers in and we haven't we haven't won a reader's poll yet come on what alternate universe madness is this (laughs) we might as well all have hot dogs for fingers uh until next time of all the places i could be i just want to be here with you